Welcome to the Maritime Podcast. My name is Marcus Hand, and I'm the editor of Sea Trade Maritime News. Today, we are in conversation with Eric Hannell, CEO of Stena Bolt. Welcome, Eric. Thank you very much, Marcus. Thanks for taking the time today. Particularly wanted to talk to you about the Infinity Max concept design that you announced recently. But before we sort of move into talking about that, I'd like to just ask you a little bit. I mean, Stenabolt's got quite a history of innovative designs which have been put into service and not just concepts. And maybe you could just tell us a little bit about some of the designs of, that you've had in the past and things that perhaps particularly stand out. We have been uh, always been very interested in innovation, you can say, and a lot of the culture we are coming from. We like to push the limits to build on the future and to make sure that we are delivering something that the customers are looking for and maybe something beyond what they're looking for at the time we are designing it. And we had a number of different designs through the years, and I would say that every design has been unique at the time when we built it. And we can start with the V-Maxis that was designed in the end of the last century, and V-Maxis a little bit later than that, and the C-Maxis, they were all double propulsion, very safe ships. And at the time, you know, with the background of the Prestige and Erika and, and those accidents, you know, that was something that quite a few of the customers were looking for. Later, we uh, continued to modify and use the new technology on existing designs and pushed the envelope there as well with the two Maxis designed in 2009-2010 and uh, later on the IMO2 Maxis and, and now the latest one that we have is the methanol that we, we are building. So some has been more extreme than others but the latest one has been more modification of an existing design but working a lot on the energy that is needed for propulsion on the ship. And in between, you know, we have, of course, had a, quite a few concepts that we never built. And that has been, well, you can say a modification of, of the concepts that we have built as well. And But also, you know, if we look at Infinity Max, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's going to be built or not. But uh, that is uh, for sure something that is something for the future, if anything. There's a, a lot of different designs there. I must admit, you made me suddenly feel quite old because I actually went for the naming of the first Steno VMAX up in Korea. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> when you said it was designed last century. Obviously, the Infinity Max is a concept design. But what's the sort of thinking behind developing this particular concept? It started up basically two years ago. We had the last IMO2 Maxes were delivered in the beginning of 2018 and quickly realized what we're going to do next and what kind of design will we build the next time around. So I put our youngest team in our offices together, together with R&D department, and they basically gave them free hands and told them that I want to develop an IMO2 Max 2.0 and an IMO2 Max 3.0. And IMO2 Max 2.0 should be able to be built, well, basically now, and the 3.0 should be something for the future. Don't use any limits. I mean, use your all the fantasy you have. But of course, it should be something that we believe can be built sometime in the future. And of course, focusing on new fuels and more efficient trading on the ships. That's the Infinity Max was de- developed. And that is the IMO 2 Max 3.0, if I may say. You know, that was basically the design for it. It took 12 to 14 months. So we had it ready 
fast fall. And there are a few technical items that we don't have the solution to yet. And my, my idea from the beginning was that we'll not publish it before we have the full technical solution on, on it. But uh, we decided quite lately here that let's put it out there because it is still very interesting and will probably cause some uh, questions and uh, hopefully also well, for ourselves push the limits a little bit to see what can really be done and make us think a little bit differently. Because as you can see here on, on design, it is a new concept for bulk shipping to a high degree with the modules, of course, also with the new fuels and so on, but particularly the design for how the cargo is going to be transported. As a designer, it was really quite striking when I saw the drawings that you put out. You say you were thinking about holding it back for longer. Is perhaps one of the things you're thinking that by putting the design out there, those bits that you haven't yet sorted, that people will come forward and say, well, you could do this, you could do this technology? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, that, that is quite a few other products that we're working on. Not, not on ships, maybe, but when we have developed software, you might have heard about Orbit MI, that is a software we developed in-house, but now have done a startup of. We realize, well, that's the reason why we put it out there, because we definitely want to see a further development of that. And we don't have all the solutions in-house, even if we think we are quite good at it, but nevertheless, definitely very good with collaboration and input from the outside world. And probably from industries that we usually are not working with, that can come up with ideas and thoughts around it. So I hope that this will hopefully lead, for sure, more discussions around it, but also I'm sure there are many things in the design we have, we have produced now that we will not build in the future, but there might be bits and pieces of it that we will actually build. And maybe the whole concept, who knows? I'm sure we learned a lot from that. I mean, a good example for ourselves is when we developed something called the AirMax. Underneath the hull, we, we had a pocket of air and we never built it because it simply didn't work when, when the ship was going into heavy seas. But we learn a lot about the design of the hull. And those are learnings that we're now using when we are designing new ships and everything from post tankers, but to, to ferries and everything else as well. And actually that Airmax design is something that other people have gone on to develop and use, isn't it? Air bubbles is something that is used quite a lot. If it's coming from that or something else, I'm not sure. But, but aerial lubrication is, is for sure something that is reducing the friction in, in, in the water. So it is probably caused some good questions out there. And by that, you know, hopefully that has been the background to it. Yeah, so it's sort of spurring innovation, really, isn't it? And I think that's one of the things that really sort of captures certainly my imagination of looking at this, uh, the Infinity Max concept design. I think it was quite interesting, the whole modular aspect of it, and the way you can combine dry bulk and wet bulk cargoes. Is that something that came from a customer side, or is this just purely a sort of a concept like, okay, we could do this? Yeah, I would say it's uh, more that we can do this. Well, our thought behind it was that we believe that the logistics will be more and more sophisticated. So we, we should not be stopped by uh, just having a liquid bulk and dry bulk. And since there are modules, it really doesn't matter what you hang on to the mothership. It is simply up to logistical solutions. From one point of view, we can say it's it's a container ship, but with uh, huge tanks instead. But as we can see here, it, it is designed that has to be adopted by a customer for sure. What I can see in if we're going to build something close to that, it has to be in, on a fixed route for a customer that has a need for uh, such a type of ship. And uh, or, or rather, would say I would rather say that a customer who would be an early adopter 
because another thought behind the design is that it should work in existing ports and you don't have to modify the ports around it. So it is, of course, a, a few items that has to be cleared with class and, and, uh, and coast guards and port authorities, but it should definitely work on an existing key facilities. Okay, so you wouldn't need to sort of radical terminal redesign or something like, much like the container shipping industry, pretty radically redesign ports over a longer term. This can use existing infrastructure? Yes, absolutely. I mean, that, that was uh, one of the criteria when we put it together. And the way it works is you can then, in theory, you disconnect the module and its self-propulsion into the key facility. And each and every module well, it either has a hatch or it has a manifold, depending on what kind of cargo you're carrying. Visit Seatrade Maritime News at seatrade-maritime.com and sign up to our newsletter to stay informed on what is happening in the world of maritime and shipping. I think another area that quite interested me, I mean, and it's obviously an area everyone's looking at, at the moment, is the fuel. What fuel are you going to use in the future? Uh, this design, I, from what I saw, uses um, hydrogen as its main fuel source, and then yeah. along with other zero-emission propulsion concepts and collapsible sail wings. Just wondering, what's the thoughts behind those choices? I think we, as many others, think that potentially could be a fuel for the future. I mean, we don't have, I would say, a technical solution to that yet and uh, just the energy you need to produce the hydrogen is um, well quite extreme compared with many other parts of uh, alternative fuels that you have out there i think you mentioned as well you know uh, can you use methanol or ammonia or something else absolutely in combination with fuel cells and batteries if you look at hydrogen as a fuel itself it's probably the cleanest you can get but of course depending on how you produce the hydrogen so it's the life cycle scenario we of course have to look at in that case i mean as you know as well i mean we, we are into methanol quite a lot which we definitely believe a lot in especially now with all the e-methanol and the biomethanol facilities that are put in design and built as you speak but also you know when you can use carbon capture in the existing methanol facilities or plants that are out there that will probably mean that methanol is going to be a viable fuel for the future for shipping. Well, that's very interesting, actually. Just on the methanol part, are you actually operating methanol-powered ships at the moment, or are they still in the building stage? Yeah, the, the tankers are still in the building stage, but then we, uh, the Stena Sphere, we have uh, we have the ferry, the Stena Line had the ferry who runs on methanol to a quite high degree. So we definitely have experience around it. And now with the ships that we, we then are building, uh, the next first one will be de- delivered in about a year from now. That's going to have a methanol engine and relative new design methanol engine as well that are reducing. The NOx is something that will be reduced heavily. And of course, all the particles will be more or less gone, but the CO2 will of course still be basically the same challenge as we have today on existing ships. That could of course, if you have methanol that is produced with the carbon capture, then you can definitely reduce that part as well. So in terms of the CO2 part, it's going to be quite dependent on the production of essentially green methanol. Yes, green or blue methanol, you know, at least the way we look at it is, is a pathway. It's a pathway to a lower CO2 emission shipping facilities today. So in this respect, I think it will not be a big step. It will be many small steps in the development, as always. You know, So we strongly believe in this. 
I definitely think it with the right methods and the right development of the technology, it can be a very strong um, commodity and fuel for the future for shipping. Yeah, that, that's very interesting to sort of uh, see how you're you know, progressing with that and developing it. Coming back to hydrogen, is that something you're actually involved in the development yet or is that too early a stage at this point? What we are doing through our uh, R&D department, Stena Technique, through our sustainability group in Stena Balk as well, is that we are looking at uh, many different concepts and many different technologies. And we have collaborations with all different technologies as well, or companies that are working on these technologies. So we have many pathways right now that we are exploring, and I don't think we are definitely open for everything as long as we are pushing development forward. And I think the important part with that is what learn from one thing, you can adapt to the next thing and vice versa. Whatever you do at this stage, I think it's very important to you know, have more than one egg in your basket. And since this full solution is not here, and uh, I, I don't think we will have the full solution for one particular fuel in the next 10, 15 years. In between, of course, we have to build ships that works for three years and four years. We have to be very flexible and make sure that we create designs now that are actually paying back on what you invest in them as well. And I think that is the challenge right now. And that's a, a very major challenge to plan that far ahead with that level of uncertainty that you have as well. Yeah, for sure. Coming back to the uh, concept design, the Infinity Max. Now, I think you said that it would potentially go into service around 2030 to 35, assuming that you build the design. Is it possible we could see parts of this, say the modular component or various parts of the propulsion or whatever, on other designs you know, ahead of that kind of date? I think I mentioned it before, but if we're going to build Infinity Max, we need an early adapter who are there to invest together with us. Of course, it is a design that will not be accepted by everyone. You need a, a client out there that are willing to you know, invest, and we, of course, have to give in to our requirements as well when it comes to the investments to build it. So the technical part of it, I think we could solve until, uh, well, within the next couple of years that we have left. Then we have hydrogen. I think it's going to be still too expensive within the next five years to do something. But an alternative fuel to that, I think, could definitely work, like methanol. With the right client, the right customer, the right partner, I definitely think that could be built before 2030. But with the concept that we're showing here, I think it's going to be closer to 2035. This has got quite a long timeline on it. But would it be fair to say, in terms of the next steps, then, those are the technical developments and finding that partner to work with or partners to work with? I think we see that all industries right now, that you, you need strong partnerships in areas where you usually don't find them. Also, in the development we are seeing, it's going so quickly, you know, so there's no way that the shipping in itself will handle this ourselves either, uh, or the industries that has been around it. I think we, we will um, see input from a quite much wider group of companies or people and legislations and politicians than we have seen in the past. And that will, of course, affect us a lot in the way we operate and work and develop ships going forward. Just sort of round this up, you put this out, I think it was a couple of weeks ago now, you put this out to the world. What's the reaction been like? I have to say, I have only, more or less only seen very positive reaction to now and a lot of curiosity, I would say. And then, of course, the technical solutions, is that there? And of course, the question, who's going to be the customer? And this with the modules is something we get quite a lot of questions on as well, how that will work. 
But I think to a very, very high degree, only positive feedback. And of course, everyone realizes it is a concept, but we also get the feedback that, of course, this is the way we should drive things going forward. And again, even if this one will not be the exact chip, we have to maybe think a little bit differently than we have done in the past. When we get into the future here with the new requirements, legislations and what have you to make sure that shipping is highly viable and it will be in one way or another going forward and it will probably be more important than ever. But at the same time, we have to take care of our challenges. It's great to sort of hear the feedback's been positive because I think it's putting innovative designs like this out there that sort of spurs that conversation and you know, gets people ideas. And of course, you sometimes hear that uh, another design that never will be built and so on, but it's not the reason why you put it out there. Primarily, it is to push it a little bit and uh, make people think a little bit different, maybe. And uh, hopefully we will, as I said, you know, we will hopefully have uh, something close to it going forward. And at least the emission part of it is the most important part. And uh, if you can look exactly like that or not, that remains to be seen, of course. I look forward to seeing some of the developments from this and maybe some parts of it on future designs you have coming up as well. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you very much, Marcus.